0: To another episode of the Bible Podcast. Uh, today we're going to be covering chapters 21 through 23 in the book of Deuteronomy. And before we begin, I want to start out with a prayer. Dear Father God, thank you for your unfailing love for me, your blessings and goodness. Thank you for your faithfulness to guide me and see me through times of uncertainty for lifting me up and setting me on high. Thank you for scripture that comforts and reminds me of your promises, plan and provision. Thank you for taking away my fears and worries, the what ifs and reminding me that my help comes from you. Help me be a good steward and to sow wisely. In Christ's name, amen. Chapter 21 Cleansing for Unsolved Murder When you are in the land of the Lord your God is giving you, someone may be found murdered in a field, and you don't know who committed the murder. In such a case, your elders and judges must measure the distance from the site of the crime to the nearby towns. When the nearest town has been determined, that town's elders must select from a herd a heifer that has never been trained or yoked to a plow. They must lead it down to a valley that has not been plowed or planted, and that has a a stream running through it. There in the valley they must break the heifer's neck. Then the Levitical priests must step forward, for the Lord your God has chosen them to minister before him and to pronounce blessings in the Lord's name. They are to decide all legal and criminal cases. The elders of the town must wash their hands over the heifer, whose neck was broken. Then they must say, Our hands did not shed this person's blood, nor did we see it happen. O Lord, forgive your people, Israel, whom you have redeemed. Do not charge your people with the guilt of murdering an innocent person. Then they will be absolved of the guilt of this person's blood. By following these instructions, you will do what is right in the Lord's sight and will cleanse the guilt of murder from your community. Marriage to a Captive Woman Suppose you go out to war against your enemies and the Lord your God hands them over to you and you take some of them as captives. And suppose you see among the captives a beautiful woman and you are attracted to her. And want to marry her if this happens you may take her to your home where you must shave her head cut her nails and change the clothes she was wearing when she was captured she will stay in your home but let her mourn for her father and mother for a full month then you may marry her and you will be her husband and she will be your wife but if you marry her And she does not please you. You must let her go free. You may not sell her or treat her as a slave, for you have humiliated her. Rights of the Firstborn Suppose a man has two wives, but he loves one, not the other. And both have given him sons, and suppose the firstborn son is the son of the wife he does not love. When the man divides his inheritance, he may not give the larger inheritance to his younger son. The son of the wife he loves as if he were the firstborn son. He must must recognize the rights of his oldest son and the son of the wife he does not love by giving him a double portion. He is the first son of his father's virility, and the rights of the firstborn belong to him. Dealing with a rebellious son. Suppose a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or mother even though they discipline him. In such a case, the father and mother must take the son to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. The parents must say to the elders, The son of ours is stubborn and rebellious and refuses to obey. He is a glutton and drunkard, then all the men of his town must stone him to death. In this way you will purge this evil from among you, and all Israel will hear about it and be afraid. VARIOUS REGULATIONS If someone has committed a crime worthy of death, and is executed and hung on a tree, the body must not remain hanging from the tree overnight. You must bury the body the same day, for anyone who is hung is cursed in the sight of God. In this way, you will prevent the defilement of the land the Lord your God has given you as a special possession. So here in chapter 21, um, in verses 18 through 21, we see that rebellious children are heartbreaking to their parents. Even when parents do the best they can, some children still refuse to adhere to God's standards of conduct. In such cases, the Old Testament law commanded this drastic measure. This law reveals how much God desires that children respect and obey their parents. He desires that the proper authority structures in our family be established early. So much, so such radical measures are not necessary. Chapter 22. If you see your neighbor's ox or sheep or goat wandering away, do not ignore your responsibility. Take it back to its owner. If its owner does not live nearby or you don't know who the owner is, take it to your place and keep it until the owner comes looking for it. Then you must return it. Do the same if you find your neighbor's donkey, clothing, or anything else your neighbor loses. Don't ignore your responsibility. If you see the if you see that your neighbor's donkey or ox has collapsed on the road, do not let, do not look the other way. Go and help your neighbor get it back on his feet. A woman must not put on men's clothing, and a man must not wear women's clothing. Anyone who does this is detestable in the sight of the Lord your God. If you happen to find a bird's nest in a tree or on the ground, and there are young ones or eggs in it, with the mother sitting in the nest. Do not take the mother with the young, you may not. You may take the young, but let the mother go so that you may prosper and enjoy a long life. Then when you build a new house, you must build a railing around the edge of its flat roof. That way you will not be considered guilty or murder if someone falls from the roof. You must not plant any other crop between the rows of your vineyard. If you do, you are forbidden to use either the grapes of the vineyard or the other crop. You must not plow with an ox and a donkey harness together. You must not wear clothing made of wool and linen woven together. You must put four tassels on the hem of the cloak with which you cover yourself. On the front, back, and sides. Regulations for Sexual Purity Suppose a man marries a woman, but after sleeping with her, he turns against her and publicly accuses her of shameful conduct, saying, When I married this woman, I discovered she was not a virgin. Then the woman's father and mother must bring the proof of her virginity to the elders as they hold court at the town gate. Her father must say to them, I gave my daughter to this man to be his wife, and now he has turned against her. He has accused her of shameful conduct, saying, I discovered that your daughter was not a virgin, but here is the proof of my daughter's virginity. Then you must spread her bedsheet before the elders. The elders must then take the man and punish him. They must also find him a hundred pieces of silver, which he must pay to the woman's father because he publicly accused a virgin of Israel, of shameful conduct. The woman will then remain the man's wife, and he may never divorce her. But suppose the man's accusations are true, and he can show that she was not a virgin. The woman must be taken to the door of her father's home, and there the men of the town must stone her to death, for she has committed a disgraceful crime in Israel by being promiscuous while living in her parents' home. In this way, you will purge this evil from among you. If a man is discovered committing adultery, both he and the woman must die. In this way you will purge Israel of such evil. Suppose a man meets a young woman, a virgin who is engaged to be married, and he has sexual intercourse with her. If this happens within a town, you must take both of them to the gates of that town and stone them to death. The woman is guilty because she did not scream for help. The man must die because he violated another man's wife in this way. You will purge this evil from among you. But if the man meets the engaged woman out in the country and he rapes her, then only the man must die. Do nothing to the young woman. She has committed no crime worthy of death. She is as innocent as a murder victim. Since the man raped her out in the country, it must be assumed that she screamed, but there was no one to rescue her. Suppose a man has intercourse with a young woman who is a virgin, is not engaged to be married if they are discovered he must pay her father 50 pieces of silver then he must marry the young woman because he violated her and he may never divorce her as long as he lives a man must not marry his father's former wife for this would violate his father Here in uh, chapter twenty-two and verse five, we uh, see that one of the ugliest results of sin in our times is the confusion of sex roles. The Bible is unequivocal on this point. Don't reverse sex roles. Men, rejoice in your manly in your ma- in maleness. Women, celebrate your femaleness. Outside of these parameters. Meaningful spiritual growth is impossible. Be the sexual gender God intended you to be in your appearance, in your clothing, and in your thinking. In verses 13 through 30, we remember that the home is a vital concern to God. He cares about marital faithfulness and purity. He spells out all of these regulations to demonstrate that the marriage relationship is of great and holy importance. God's pattern for marriage is clear. Marital fidelity is essential for establishing strong families whose members are characterized by maturity and wholeness. Chapter 23. Regulations Concerning Worship If a man's testicles are crushed for crushed or his penis is cut off, he may not be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. If a person is illegitimate by birth, neither he nor his descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. No Ammonite or Moabite or any of their descendants for ten generations may be admitted to the assembly of the Lord. These nations did not welcome you with food and water when you came out of Egypt. Instead, they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor in distant Aram Naharim to curse you. But the Lord, your God, refused to listen to Balaam. He turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord, your God, believes God loves you. As long as you live, you must never promote the welfare and prosperity of the Ammonites or Moabites. Do not detest the Edomites or the Egyptians, because the Edomites are your relatives and you lived as foreigners among the Egyptians. The third generation of Edomites and Egyptians may enter the assembly of the Lord. Miscellaneous Regulations When you go to war against your enemies, be sure to stay away from anything that is impure. Any man who becomes ceremonially defiled because of the nocturnal emission must leave the camp and stay away all day. Toward evening he must bathe himself and at sunset he may return to the camp. You must have a designated area outside the camp where you can go to to relieve yourself. Each of you must have a spade as part of your equipment. Whenever you rel- relieve yourself, dig a hole with a spade and cover the excrement. The camp must be holy, for the Lord your God moves around in your camp to protect you and defeat your enemies. He must not see any shameful thing among you, or he will turn away from you. If slaves should escape from their masters and take refuge with you, you must not hand them over to their masters. Let them live among you in any town they choose, and do not oppress them. No Israelite, whether man or woman, may become a temple prostitute. When you are bringing an offering to fulfill a vow, you must not bring to the house of the Lord your God any offering from the earnings of a prostitute, whether a man or a woman, for both are detestable to the Lord your God. Do not charge interest on the loans you make to a fellow Israelite, whether you loan money or food or anything else. You may charge interest to foreigners, but you may not charge interest to Israelites, so that the Lord your God may bless you to everything you do in the land you are about to enter and occupy. When you make a vow to the Lord your God, be prompt to fulfilling whatever you promised him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows, or you will be guilty of sin. However, it is not a sin to refrain from making a vow. But once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. When you enter your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes, but you must not carry any way, any away in a basket. And when you enter the neighbor's field of grain, you may pluck the heads of grain with your hand but you must not harvest it with a sickle. In chapter 23, uh, verses 17 through 18, in these verses, prostitution is singled out for special condemnation. The bounds of marriage are the only valid context for sexual activity. In our society, sex outside of marriage has become an accepted practice. Sexual purity is often considered something to be embarrassed about. Healthy marriages must be founded upon trust, which is based upon sexual purity. If we have failed in this area, there is forgiveness and hope for restoration, although the consequences of our sin may never truly be overcome. In uh, verses 21 through 23, we see that being trustworthy is an absolute necessity for building healthy relationships. All enduring relationships are built on trust. When we make promises, we must learn to keep them, even at great inconvenience to ourselves. So today, Moses continues his farewell speech covering a wide variety of laws we'll look at a few of the most perplexing ones most of which pertain to relationships between men and women but before we get there let's make sure we have the proper framework for what we've what we're encountering god isn't setting up a utopian society where everything is ideal He's meeting them where they are and giving them a foundation for a functional society in which people are treated with at least the bare minimum level of respect. When God addresses something like having multiple wives, it doesn't mean he's putting his seal of approval on it. It means he's acknowledging that it happens and he's giving them honorable ways to respond to an imperfect, sinful situation. We'll hit some challenging passages today, and it's important for us to remember not to overlay our cultural experiences onto theirs. The first tough segment involves marrying female captives. For anyone in Western society today, this idea is really cringe-inducing. One of the things we have to remember about this society is that marriage rarely fits with our modern view of love. It was uncommon for people to marry for love. Women often married for provision. In this con in this text, the Israelites would have conquered a city, killed all the men and taken the women and children alive. Some of these women would be absorbed into the society. But if a man found a woman he wanted to marry, she likely wouldn't object. The law of God sets out here honors the woman by giving her a third day period to mourn and grieve all she's lost before marrying the Israelite men. If things in the marriage go poorly, God protects the woman by requiring the man to treat her with honor, not like she's his property. Don't miss God's heart in this. Even though so much of this seems archaic, we can still see God's plan to provide for the woman through the man and to protect her if if the man fails to honor her well. Other laws pertain to ensuring a woman's virginity. One of the many detrimental aspects of sexual infidelity is that it has the potential to threaten the tribe's economy and God's allotted land inheritance. Moses also set standards for determining whether a woman has been raped or not. The portions saying if it happened in the country and if it happened in the city have the potential to be confusing, but here's the premise behind them. If the encounter happened in the country, even if she screamed, no one would have been there to hear her, so she's given the benefit of the doubt. If it happened in the city, people would be around to hear screams of objection God's heart is for justice here, and he's setting up rules that can help people make determinations about what really happened on a case-by-case basis. Another potentially confusing section is in the laws about not mixing different things together. Seeds in a field, animals for plowing, fabrics in a garment... While we don't know all the reasons behind these laws, scholars suggest it's to remind the Israelites of the importance of being set apart from nations that don't follow Yahweh. These laws may be little daily reminders that they're called to be separate. The law about a man who was punished by being hung on a tree says, His body shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day, for a hanged man is cursed. Paul references this in Galatians 3.13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Christ took the curse for us. Later in today's reading, Moses says, The Lord your God turned the curse into a blessing for you because the Lord your God loved you. This refers back to King Balak's efforts to to get Balaam to curse the Israelites in Numbers 22-24. through God reverses our future. He takes the thing we deserve, what we've fully earned, the curse, and absorbs it himself through his death on the cross so that we might receive the blessing, just like the Israelites did. The God who turns our curse to a blessing is a God worth worshipping forever. He's where the joy is. That concludes our reading today, and I'm just going to leave you all off with a daily devotional. Let me bless you with my grace and peace. Open your heart and mind to receive all that I have for you. Do not be ashamed of your emptiness. Instead, view it as an optimal condition for being filled with my peace. It is easy to touch up your outward appearance to look as if you have it all together. Your attempts to look good can fool most people, but I see straight through you, into the depths of your being. There is no place for pretense in your relationship with me. Rejoice in the relief of being fully understood. Talk with me about your struggles and feelings of inadequacy. Little by little, I will transform your weakness into strengths. Remember that your relationship with me is saturated in grace. Therefore, nothing that you do or don't do can separate you from my presence. Thank you all for tuning into this episode. I hope you all have a great day, and God bless each and every one of you.